Because Money was originally recorded as a video podcast, so there may be visuals that don't carry through to this audio-only version. Please visit becausemoney.ca to see the show notes, related links, and more. And the Hangout is on air. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Because Money podcast. I'm Jackson Middleton, joined by Rob Engen and Sandy Martin. It's been a long time since we've broadcasted. And you know what? That's okay, because life happens. So here we are again. We're back. We're we're changing things up a little bit. We're not going to be uh, doing live participation during the show using the hashtag Because Money. But if you would like to talk about anything that we talk about in this episode or you get all fired up and you hate something that Sandy says, then you know what? Let's talk about that in the Google Plus community. We've got the the Because Money podcast, the Canadian finance community. We've got that there. We'll be posting this show there. So if you've got any conversation, if you love something Rob says, let them know in that uh, hangout and we'll go from there. But yeah, no live interaction. Uh, enjoy the show. We talk about money and Bad money, good money, Canadian money, what we like about money, what we don't like about money. So here we go. Today we're talking about extra money. How do you make more money beyond your regular job? And Rob, seeing as though he has 43 different jobs, he's going to take it away. So Rob, on to you. Well, thanks, Jackson. And it's uh, good to be back here chatting with you guys. Um, Yeah, I wanted to talk about earning extra money. And, you know, oftentimes uh, personal finance, you know, you read, you read the personal finance books and, 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 uh, and all the blogs and they all focus on ways to save money. And, you know, I find that you can only cut your expenses so far where you're not really enjoying life, you know, when you start rinsing out your Ziploc bags and, um, you know, whatever, whatever you want to bear, you know, get everything down to the bare bones, um, you know, you start to not enjoy life so much anymore. So, uh, I'm, I want to focus more on how, ways to earn extra money and, and what that and what that's all about, and um, tell you a little bit about uh, how I do that. And uh, you guys can chime in as well because uh, you're all running uh, different gigs as well. And um, I, I, I just find it's uh, it when I started blogging, you know, the the idea was yeah, I could earn. I heard that you could earn you know a few extra bucks on the side, and so that's how it started. Uh, when my mom and I started uh, Boomer and Echo, and you know, yeah, we started earning you know 100 bucks a month or 200 bucks a month, and you look at that and and you, and you think, hey, you know what? That's paying my heating bill or that's paying for my utilities, and and uh, certainly look uh, feels a lot better than trying to cut 200 dollars out of your budget uh, a month. So, you know, that built up to you know pretty pretty substantial side business where. Uh, all of a sudden, it wasn't just my heating bill or my utility bill, but it was now paying my mortgage and, and that sort of thing too. And so, um, you know, earning extra money kind of came out of ne- a little bit out of necessity. We uh, had our first child and decided and had to make that decision of, you know, does uh, will my wife go back to work? Uh, we find childcare, or will will uh, she stay home and look after the kids, uh, and for how long? And so we did. We did a little bit of that math, and, and just figured out that it just wasn't worthwhile, uh, at least at this point, to do that. So, so how do we replace, you know, the twenty, thirty thousand dollars a year that, uh, um, you know, as a second income, because now you're living on one. And so, you know, I started the blog not just not to think I could earn thirty thousand dollars a year, um, you know, but you have to start somewhere. And so over time, all that has led to other gigs. You know, I write for the uh, Toronto Star. Um, and uh, have other, you know, other side businesses now. I offer financial planning services as well. So uh, all that has kind of morphed into a pretty decent, uh, you know, kind of second income. So 
Um, that's where I'm at, but you know, I hear tons of other stories from people who uh, run other things. It's not just about writing a blog. People have all kinds of skills, whether that's photography or you know, uh, you know, contract work, handyman kind of work, or uh, lawn care, snow removal, contract cleaning, you name it. There's all kinds of uh, potential out there to run a business outside of your normal day job. And so I kind of want to throw it out to you two and, and ask, um, you know, what, what do you think about that? Is, that? is that a worthwhile task to start looking at your free time and saying, you know, instead of, you know, sitting here watching TV for eight hours at night when I get home, or whatever the case may be, can you do put, you know, put a little bit of your skill to work and uh, you know, start earning a couple of different income streams. Oh, let me jump in. <laughs> I, th I mean, of course, we don't. When you focus just on, and I, we've talked about that a lot. When you focus just on reducing your expenses, you can. I mean, there's really kind of a bottom limit <laughs> where you kind of have to stop, like recycling toilet paper. I don't know, whatever the worst gross thing you can think of <laughs> is. So, of course. Not only do you want to talk about reducing your expenses, you want to talk about increasing your income. So it's a side hustle or it's actually increasing your skills or it's trying to find a different job or whatever that is. I have nothing against increasing your income and I have nothing against mindfully using otherwise completely useless time in your life, binge watching, uh, what is it, Homeland? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Bob's watches Homeland, everybody. We're not sure why, but he binge watches Homeland. There's so many other good shows out there to watch, and he's picking Homeland. Maybe because it's on Netflix or something? I'm yep, that was it. But it makes sense. I mean, mindfully using your time is the same thing as mindfully using your money, right? Time and money, to me, are the two big tools that we have to accomplish things with. So if you have extra time or you can make extra time and it's it, it's worth it to you given what you're giving up, then of course go and make some income. My thing is always, I have a, my dad is an executive coach, so a lot of the things that I end up, the phrases that I use are his. I'm just going to like pretend that there's a little, my dad said this because I didn't come up with it. So he always said that you have to be really clear about the stuff that you will say yes to because otherwise you're going to say yes to everything. So some opportunity comes up that, you know, you started this sort of side business and it's going really well and that's fantastic. At some point you have to assess where your boundaries are because I know we were just saying this before we went on air. If I had to work full tilt every hour of every day, parenting, wifing, whatever that is, house cleaning, doing my job and then doing a side income and I really didn't get a break for whatever length of time. I would be a crazy person. It's not worth it to me to do that. My pie is my kind of my availability is this big and if I add something to it I have to take something away. So that something better be really worthwhile. Well and that's kind of my story on that Sandy because I, I, I hear exactly what you're saying. When I got into mortgages I just found that my job being self-employed I wasn't restricted to the you know government job hourly wage. I was basically able to work as hard and as long as I wanted and I just got used to doing that. I was working the six days a week you know sometimes up to 12-14 hours a day. Why? I loved what I was doing. I was good at it and it was a lot of fun so I just worked, I worked hard. And what happened is when you're a single guy, that's easy when you're married, okay, yeah, it's still doable, you know. I mean, I'm still self-employed, I'm working kind of from home. You add kids into the mix, what happens is your lifestyle gets used to the high spend 
and you can't pull back. So uh, I would caution anybody who's looking to add extra spend to their to their wallet, don't get used to that lifestyle or you're going to get used to working that hard and you'll burn out. And right. case in point is exactly what I did. Now it wasn't extra jobs, it was just my job, but pulling it back is way harder. And I, I wish that I would have learned to live within my limits first and then gone out for a little bit more. But that, that part that you're talking about, Rob, has to be controlled. Yeah, and I, and I, and I like how you talked about the um, increasing spending, like doing this to increase spending. And that's something we were really conscious about, like not getting your lifestyle carried away because you're bringing in a, you know, some extra money every month. And that use that wisely to further your financial goals, right? So, um, you know, now it can act as a bit of an emergency fund in case something goes awry, or it can, um, you know, help me get to my financial independence day sooner, or whatever the case may be. It can further those goals along. And so, as long as you're not just kind of keep keeping up with the Joneses, like with yourself, I guess, and that well, extra money that you're earning, then uh, then I think you'll be okay. And I think the, the, the problem that some people have is if they've got the full-time job and they're going to add the extra job, you know, it's kind of like it almost because they're thinking about doing it and they're thinking about executing it, it's almost like, oh, well, my reward will be I need this equipment or I need this investment. So I'll just take out a loan at the start. And you get into debt to because you've got this grandiose plan of extra working, but then you're just working to pay off your debt. I've done that several times, you know? I mean, man, I, I started a social media consultancy business and, well, my computers are too small. I need big monitors. So I go out and I buy, but it's just, it's the mindset you can get into and you don't even know you're doing it until you're, until you realize, well, that's not all that smart. You know, you're watching something like Shark Tank and, you know, they're all talking about never start a business in debt and then it's like, Oh yeah, that's actually good advice. I know we've talked about that before, but I mean, just don't assume that because you're willing to work the extra hours that you should probably go into debt for it. You know, work a year and then pay for what you want with the money you've made. Yeah, and and it's uh, the, on the on the time side. You know, taking up that extra however many hours of free time. You know, in in my case, it was you know, like I said, we just had a baby. And once she got onto like a, you know, normal sleep routine at, you know, uh, I hesitate to say it was at the six week mark because that's pretty, you guys will reach across and hit me, but, you know, it was pretty early. So, you know, come the summertime, you know, we're kind of, you know, stuck in our own home because you've got your kid sleeping, so you can't really go out or do anything. And uh, there's nothing on TV in the summer and whatever. So I started writing articles. And so that's kind of how that happened. And so now, you know, our kids go to bed at a decent time. And I imagine as they get older and get busier, we're starting to feel that now as they get into different activities, you know, that evening time is getting sucked away. And so I've got to start to prioritize, you know, maybe it's early mornings I'm writing or, or sometimes on the weekends, but um, you know, it, it started out in kind of a perfect place where you know, I had this free time in the evenings, and, and but I was at home. So what do I do with it? What's well, a home-based business? Well, you know, started blogging and writing. So what you do, though, for the most part, I mean, if you have to communicate with anybody, you can do it by email. If it's really urgent, I mean, it's just it's easy to send a quick email kind of during business hours. You don't have people calling you. You don't have to be sort of available for that. So I wonder how... And obviously, this is just me navel-gazing because I can't really wrap my head around it. Like, I, I know people that run kind of a side cleaning business. Well, they can't take – they shouldn't be taking kind of calls for that at their 
place of business where they actually can do their nine to five stuff. So, how do you manage that? Is yours a special case, or how do you well, manage working your normal time and then doing this stuff too? Well, when I when I moved over to the university where I work now, um, you know, now I'm on kind of government hours, so. <laughs> Uh, I go in at 8.30, I'm done at 4.30, whereas uh, when I was working in the hotel industry before I started uh, before I started these second kind of jobs or whatever, um, it was a lot more demanding. There was more travel. I was working, you know, 60-plus hours a week, and we oftentimes on the weekends there was no real set schedule, so whenever the hotel was busy, I was kind of there. And uh, now I, I've got that pace more controlled where, you know, I live five minutes away from from work, I'm home, I can be home by quarter to five. So I've got that free time and I use it, uh, say, kind of in the morning before I go to work and then in the evening after the kids go to bed. And that's what I can consider, you know, my uh, second income stream hours or whatnot. And uh, certainly, I mean, people aren't calling me uh, during work hours, but they're, um, you know, I do obviously get emails or respond to comments or whatever. So, you know, I'll admit, I'll put up my hand and admit to that. It happens, but um, you know that's uh, it, it, you bring up an interesting point about other types of jobs where you have to be either physically present or answering phone calls or whatever. Um, that would make it a challenge if you're doing that uh, kind of in conjunction with a day job. How disciplined do you have to be? Like how um, how stringent are your are your rules around when you're working and when you're not? Can, can it creep? Can You know how you, there's spending and lifestyle creep? Is there second income and second job creep? Yeah, there, I mean, there is. And like I said, I kind of uh, mentioned that earlier as our, as our kids get a little bit older and busier now. You know, I, I don't want to be, you know, answering blog emails and, and working on articles when, you know, my kids are still around or i got to take them to baseball or whatever. I don't... Um, you know, so I don't want to be doing that. So there are, I do make rules, and, and one of them is, I mean, I'm the first one up, and I'm up for at least an hour before anyone else uh, gets out of bed. So, you know, I use that time to do my promotion or, uh, or to do a bit of research or writing and that sort of thing. Um, writing for the star, that's when I do a lot of um, trying to source out, uh, um, you know, other contacts to, uh, because they're working in eastern Canada typically, so I'm able to contact them, say, at 6.30 my time, you know, they're just getting started out there, and so I'm able to connect there. Um, you know, so so it is about prioritizing and and trying not to let it creep. And sometimes it does, but uh, for the for the most part, um, I try to keep my family time as uh, you know as sacred as I can. Uh, let me jump in here, um, Rob. If you're, let's say somebody's watching this and they've got a full time job and they're considering adding a second job or you know, uh, kind of starting their own small business. Uh, on the side, what advice would you give to that person about, you know, how to structure their business? Because I know that a lot of people would start the business and then just not have any idea about taxes or anything like that, or uh, to do that. What have you found successful in that kind of area? Um, don't do what I do, I guess. Uh, like I could, we just kind of jumped in with both feet and just started doing it. And when when we started earning some income, then we kind of worried about that at that time. Um, you know, when you mentioned like feeling the need to have the other, you know, the bigger computer and the business cards and all that, I'd kind of forgo all that. I wouldn't worry about that so much. Um, when I'm talking about uh, earning second incomes, I'm typically talking about kind of a freelance work, not a, not a I'm working, you know, for four hours in the evening at stock and shelves or something like that. You know, so it's taking on a job 
say it's a web design or something like that, where you can have a client, you can see the project through in your spare time, uh, and then and then you'll you'll understand how that looks and feels and how that fits into your schedule, and then you kind of can you can kind of build that business around that. And and, and one example I'll use is when we started the um, the financial uh, planning side of it is we really had no idea what we were doing or what kind of response we would get. And so uh, what did that look and feel like when, when I already have a full-time job and, and, you know, other kind of blog and writing commitments? Well, it looked like, you know, I could probably take on one or two clients a month. And for the most part, that's kind of how it's been working. I get other inquiries and whatnot, but uh, you know, one to two clients a month that, you know, that feels right and that feels like I'm not, uh, you know, uh, infringing on any other part of um, what I do with my regular job or, or writing. So uh, I think you just kind of, you kind of have to feel it out for yourself and see what's comfortable mm-hmm. and kind of avoid, like you said, avoid those, um, you know, extravagant or not extravagant, but the extra f- kind of frivolous purchases that you don't really need that might be kind of cool but maybe you can get away with just kind of bootstrapping it for a while. Mm-hmm. What would it take to make you drop something? Um, now, now I'm at the point where it's kind of weighing the the time versus money aspect of it where you know is this and, and the enjoyment of it too obviously like uh, I enjoy doing the financial planning I can see myself doing that uh, more than doing writings for, per se so um, I think if that became more stable as in the inquiries were a little more stable and I could I could guarantee that I'd be getting two clients a month mm-hmm. then I'd consider dropping say a writing gig or a blog or something like that um, <laughs> That's the trouble with the contract or the freelancing is that uh, it's not as stable, right? And so as much as it's weird to say the blogging income is, uh, it's actually been pretty stable for the last uh, you know, couple of years. So that's some money I know I can count on and certainly writing for the star. I mean, I, write, I get paid to write there. So I, I get paid for as much as I produce. And so it's hard mm-hmm. to kind of turn down those opportunities. Uh, versus something where you're kind of dipping your toes in, but you don't really know what you're going to expect. So you don't really know what that return is going to be. Um, but I could probably tell you that I'm maxed, I'm tapped out right now. <laughs> uh, I've reached kind of this is this is enough, and um, you know, so so we'll see. If another opportunity came up, I would have, definitely have to look at uh, dropping something else. I suppose, so though, I mean. Sorry, Jackson, I have to ask this question. I suppose yes. though, that what you're doing is building potential um, um, kind of early retirement streams of income, right? Like if you got to a point where you felt like you would hit or were close to hitting your financial independence day, if we can borrow John Chavreau's nomenclature, yeah. then then I guess it gives you the option of saying, okay, I've tried all these other things. I enjoy these two. They make enough that, I mean, I can I can leave my job and my my cushy hours and my pension, <laughs> and I can actually yeah, just I transition <laughs> to this. I know. But if you did, I mean, if you ever got close enough that you could start thinking about, I just, I want my lifestyle now, Yeah. I suppose that those give you that opportunity. Yeah, so that's the idea. I mean, going back to the main point of, like, or what's the point of earning extra income and whatnot, and so when I, again, when I go back to the hotel, I worked there 60 hours a week. Uh, it was right before the financial crisis and it hit the hospitality industry really hard. We went through three years of wage freezes, not knowing kind of where, you know, our revenue was declining, not knowing how you're going to kind of turn that around. And so, 
you know, three years of wage freeze and then you just have a baby and you're going to go have a maternity leave or EI for, for a year and then, and then have to decide whether you're going to have to, or you have daycare expenses or stay at home full time. And so you got big decisions now. And so I moved over to the university and it was for more money, but then now the university is under budget pressures and has been under, we've been under wage freeze for two years now. And um, so again, you can't, and that's why I say, like, we talk about Gen Y and coming into the job, uh, workplace, these cushy jobs now where you say you get the job and you get a guaranteed 4 to 5% raise every year, that it's not happening. You know, you're getting temporary work. Uh, you're getting, you're not getting uh, the, that kind of continuing full-time position, so you're not getting pensionable service if, you, if you're in a job that offers that. Um, so, you know, you almost need this entrepreneurial mindset, I think, to develop something else, some other marketable skill that you can do on the side because you just don't know. You're gone are these careers where you can last 30 years and then retire at 55 or 60 with a full pension. It's just not going to happen. Yeah, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw this out there. Something else to, to watch out for is, uh, you know, yeah, there's the amount of work that you're doing, but it's also kind of oversaturating yourself with a certain type of work. Like I've moved in from brokering into more of a full-time social media marketing. I mean, my position is the VP in sales and marketing. Um, so when I freelance, I kind of tend to freelance in that type area. So I've moved over and started doing this full time and I've actually let go some of my contracts because I feel it's been distracting me from my full time job. I'm not spending enough time in my job. I don't have those boundaries and I want to make sure that, you know, when I'm working for First Foundation, I'm giving them my 100% and, you know, so it's not just a simple, I guess what I'm saying is, is I've had to ongoing evaluation of what I'm doing, what it looks like. I mean, it's funny that we say it's f like freelancing extra jobs. That's always been my job. Like that's all I've ever done yeah. is pick up work and, you know, whether it be sales, whether it be house flipping, oh, that looks shiny. I'll take that. You know, so for me, it's I'm always kind of moving up the property ladder, the uh, whatever, and sometimes it bites you and sometimes you're successful. But um, what I found very very good recently is to really refocus and just really sit in one place and do a really exceptional job at what I'm doing and I'm actually loving it. Not saying I'm not going to freelance anymore, but I mean, you just have to understand yourself well enough to, to know, I mean, there's no use taking on an extra job if that's all you're going to think about, if it's going to wreck what you're doing in the day. Yeah, and the... Um... You know, like the the financial planning gig is 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 a perfect example of kind of getting like I'm I don't think I as much as I've started other blogs and whatnot I don't think I could write anymore about personal finance or, or you know outside of what I'm doing now and so taking on another kind of writing assignment doesn't really interest me so um, I, that's why I like the financial planning aspect of it is kind of uh, it, uh, it's while it's still in that stream. It, uh, it's it's a different you know has a different feel to it. It's not a chore of uh, you know oh I have to put out some content this week. It's uh, oh I'm actually helping someone with a problem. So mm. um, so that's been that's been fun, and uh, I think I would get a lot of burnout from writing. There's a there's a good uh, uh, Tom Drake who runs a Canadian finance blog. He actually offers a service to other bloggers, and and I should probably take him up on this one day. Is that um, blogging or uh, website work, you need the kind of the, a bit of the back end expertise, I guess, of, uh, you know, uh, dealing with your, all your different plugins and the design of the site and how it's running and that sort of thing. And 
And so he offers a service where he'll partner with your business. He'll take care of all of that on the back end, and, and he's streamlined that through some through owning multiple blogs. And then you can just focus on writing if that's what you like. And, um, you know, so, so here's another example of someone who's found kind of a need. You've got all these bloggers, but they're burning out because they just can't handle all the back end stuff. And so he'll take care of that for you because he's figured out a process to do it. Um, so, uh, I mean, there's so many different examples of, uh, of ways to do this where you can, you, you can either do it from home or you leverage some other uh, assets that you have. I mean, I'm working with a contractor who's doing our basement and he's got a roofing company and he's got the contracting companies doing all kinds of side gigs outside of a normal, you know, contracted job that he's got with uh, one of the home builders here. And, uh, you know, just countless examples of, uh, of ways you can kind of broaden your income streams. I would like to broaden my income stream by choosing what other people watch on Netflix. <laughs> now, how would that work, start a service. <laughs> I will just control your television for you. <laughs> I don't think I would Be prepared for, that. for Doctor Who. Done. So one uh, one example in the uh, in the housing industry is that you know obviously houses are becoming or you know they're super expensive in in a lot of areas and so people that are maybe stretching a little bit to buy their home in Vancouver or Toronto or Calgary um, you know the old rent out your basement what do you guys think of that strategy as far as an income stream you're not doing anything more it's kind of more of that passive income but uh, passive in a sense that someone's in your home. <laughs> and, uh, and and how comfortable you feel in that. And I'm, so I was going to lead into uh, Sean Cooper. I think he writes on Million Dollar Journey. I uh, met him at the, uh, the Personal Finance Blogging Conference in Toronto. And uh, here's a 29-year-old guy who bought a home in Toronto, and he lives in the basement and rents out the top, the whole top floor to, uh, to a family for I think it was about $1,500 a month. And so he's going to pay off his home in like five years or something like that. It will be mortgage-free by 31 and then he says, and then he says, now I'll, then I'll live my life and go to Europe and do all those things. But he's focusing on, you know, I'm going to become financial, financially independent as early as possible and live as frugally as possible. And then, uh, and then he's going to go wild. So what do you guys think about that? I think it's, I think that obviously the earlier you start, the easier, quote unquote easier that can be if you have kind of, if you always had that focus or you don't have if you don't find, wake up and have three children and a mortgage, then <laughs> that would be a little bit easier. I think, I think what I really admire about just everything about that piece, everything that he said about himself, he was so focused on what was important to him. So it wasn't just, oh, I'm going to start a second you know, job, or oh, I'm going to rent out my house. It wasn't just kind of a half-hearted idea, or everybody else is doing it, or it's a good idea. It's it was, this is why, this is what I'm going to do, this is the length of time I'm going to do it in, yeah, and this, this is the benefit sure. to me. I, yeah, I just, I really admired him for that. Yeah, and, and your purpose might, and again, I want to go back to, your purpose might be, I know what the best quality of my life is, and it has to have this balance of time to myself because I'm an introvert and being able to, whatever, spend time with my family, or whatever. So that means that the kind of income that I can make is limited either to this amount, because that's the kind of job I can have, or this, because that's the sort of side income that I can get. You have to be, I mean, I think you have to be really realistic about your own abilities and what makes you the happiest, not in the frivolous sense, but in the fulfilled sense. 
Yes. Well, and that and that kind of uh, brings back to the you know this whole find, find or do what you love, find your passion, and do that for your work. Well, that doesn't necessarily need to be your full time job, right? You can mm-hmm. do these types of things. Like I said, I'm getting this fulfillment out of on the financial planning side that I certainly don't get in my day job. Um, you know, I, I had in the hospitality industry, I might have had uh, aspirations to become a CEO of a uh, like a small hospitality group or something like that. But then you look at the life of a CEO and, you know, the travel and the work and, and, and all the stuff that goes into it and the divorce rate and whatever. And you think, okay, well, maybe that's, uh, you know, maybe that's not where I want to be. And so, you know, you can find these passions that are kind of over and above what you actually just need to do to make, make a living. Um, and so that, um, to me, that's where I've kind of, I've found that niche and I'm happy doing it. And, and for others that might be, uh, finding that kind of full-time job that is, is their passion. But, uh, I have to say, keep your, keep your, keep an open mind to other possibilities and doing stuff on the side. Yeah. I, I, as for renting out your basement or renting out part of your house, you know, it totally depends on the person. Um, you know, I've got a friend who, who she currently owns a, a home builder. They they build about a hundred homes in Regina, and I I did a hangout with her, and we talked about her journey. And at 22 years old, her grandma had been a real estate for, or her yeah, her grandma had been a real estate for 20 years, and helped her get into the first house, and on two conditions: one that they rent out the basement, and two that they don't get comfortable. So every year they would start a new build, and they would rent out the basement, and as of a young married couple, 21, 22 years old, they just basically kept going through properties, building some equity, and that's what they used. And now they've got, you know, a, a huge house. They've got a home building company. They kind of worked into it and they they worked hard and that worked for them. And she said, you know, the basement's just a whole bunch of useless space. It's going to store boxes. But if my wife and I were to rent out the basement, my wife's the kind of person who would hate to inconvenience anybody. So I think her quality of life from tiptoeing across the floor would just, it, it just wouldn't be worth it. There's no amount of money that would be worth her always feeling trapped in the house. So, I mean, you got to know yourself and that's, you got to just be honest with it. Um, but yeah, I, I think if you can rent out your basement and you're not worried about waking people up and you're not those kind of people who are going to be freaking out because somebody's coming home at two in the morning, then yeah, I, it's, it seems like wasted space. Now, whether or not I trust renters, that's a whole different game. And I'm actually, <laughs> at least that, you're there though. At least you're in the home. It's not something, yeah, well, something that's, across that's town, it. right? That's that. It, to me, that would be different. You'd probably want to find somebody that you know that you can kind of get along with. You're, there's some rapport there, but I mean, I've got a house that's been sitting on the market for close to four months now, vacant, and I'm gonna have to put a renter in there. This is one of the scariest things I've ever done because, man, I don't, I don't know. I just don't trust renters. So we'll we'll see how that goes. But I just want to cover my costs. This isn't a money thing. This is a how about how about we don't sink me anymore? So. Yeah. So I just want to. Cl- oh, sorry. Go ahead, Sandy. Well, I was gonna. I was gonna borrow a phrase from um, Paula Pant, who writes "Afford Anything," um, and it, it. I think it goes. If we talk about time and money being assets, she always says, "You can afford anything. You just can't afford everything." And I think, it, yeah, I think if we apply it both to time and money, at some point you're going to find a balance, if, as long as you know both of those things, right? Yeah, and and. 
you know, when we had uh, Rob Carrick on here and we were talking about Gen Y and the problems there, and, and uh, but I don't think it just stems to that. It's, uh, you know, we're talking about seniors uh, or people working later on, or later in life and not retiring at, you know, 65. They're going to have to work until they're 70 and that sort of thing. And I, so I think, I, I really think that people need to think entrepreneurially, think about the thing or other marketable skills that they have outside of a traditional day job. Um, maybe it's renting your basement. That's not a marketable skill, but it's something that can bring in extra bucks. Um, you know, developing that other, some other kind of talent that you can do. But that, like Sandy said earlier, that you could see yourself doing when you reach your financial independence. Because, you know, gone are the retirement days where you're just going to sit around on a beach or sit around at home. People are more active or living longer. Um, but you want to find something to do and give back in your community or, or help out in a consulting capacity or whatever. And so I think if people start to think more like that and get out of this traditional mindset of I'm going to get my union job and I'm going to go to work for 30 years and then retire, that's probably not going to happen anymore. And so I just encourage people to kind of think with that uh, open mind about entrepreneurship and uh, using kind of that, uh, that um, a marketable skill to you know, get themselves further ahead and, and so they don't have to work until they're 75. And with that. <laughs> I think with that we're done. We actually had a viewer. We didn't even publish anywhere, but somebody was watching the whole time. So hello, whoever you are. Thanks for watching. But now we're out of here. Goodbye. See ya. Thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoyed this episode. Because Money is a labor of love and involved no ads or other sponsorship, be sure to click the like or subscribe button where you downloaded this from, as we'll help other listeners find the podcast and raise our profile, which in turn makes it easier to book guests. Please visit becausemoney.ca for show notes and related links.